I'm really glad you're joining me today. This is First Thoughts. We're learning how to live with God one day at a time, even though we can't engineer our lives, but we can surrender them and, and God can lead us. And the main place we meet God is in our minds. And so every day I'm trying, we're trying to have one thought to carry me, carry us through the day, to keep me connected with God, because our minds are so important to be inspired, to be elevated. And, and today's thought is all about God's presence in your life and God's care for you, even though you and I often don't see it. It's a thought that comes uh, from a book by an author named William Cope Moyers called Broken. It's the riveting story of his battle with addiction, alcoholism, and in particular, crack cocaine. And he just goes through hell. There's an old saying, religions for people who are afraid of hell, spirituality is for people that have been through hell. And William Copemore has been through hell. And uh, he went through recovery three different times and relapsed three different times and broke every promise, violated every value, ends up with a wife and two beautiful children. And uh, he leaves treatment and is with them and then says goodbye. And he knows that he's going to use again. So he just wants to die. He met a dealer named Scarface sometime earlier that brought him to a crack house in Atlanta. And so on this particular day, he's there and he says he lights the pipe up over and over and over again. It's just hell. This time not to get high. This time wanting, needing, waiting, trying to die. And then there is a knock on the door, that crack house. And somehow it's his dad. His dad's name is Bill Moore. You might've heard of him. He's done a lot of stuff on PBS. He was actually trained as a Baptist minister, and then he ended up going into government work and for a long time was on the staff of President uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And uh, Moyer's quite a formidable guy. Quite famously, one time he's praying at a staff meeting and LBJ is a little cranky, can't hear him. It says, speak up, Bill, I can't hear you. And Moyer's immediate response is, excuse me, Mr. President, I wasn't talking to you. So he's not a man easily cowed and doesn't give up and he would not give up on his son and uh, kept searching him out. And so that's the knock on the door and he gets his son and brings him into rehab and this time and this time and this time, miracle of miracles, grace breaks through, who knows why. And the power of God penetrates to the heart of William Cope Moyers. He gets a life recovery Bible and begins reading it and hits bottom and turns his life over fully to God. I can't, you can, I think I'll let you. And now he's been clean and sober for about 25 years, deeply connected with God. And he ended up amazingly taking a job with Hazelton, the folks that had provided the treatment through which he found recovery and he's become an advocate for folks that struggle with addiction and has told his story and is a great communicator on this. So many, many years later, after he had been sober for a long time, he was back in Atlanta and he gave a talk to a group of people and he had some time to kill and he wanted to go back to that old neighborhood. He wanted to see again and remember a little bit what it was like to be there and, and the pain that he had been through and to look at other people that he might be able to help. And he's wandering in one of those old neighborhoods and he sees a man there holding on a paper bag with a bottle of booze and the man has a long scar down his face and uh, wants to get some money. And William Moyers realizes he is now face to face with Scarface, the crack dealer that had been with him at the absolute bottom of his life. 
And he tries to tell him his story. Scarface does not recognize him. His mind is not working real well. And he realizes in that moment, this is a picture of who he could have become when he sees this man and that he could be for Scarface right now. His actual name was Tom, that he could be a picture of what Tom might yet become. And here's what he writes about that encounter with each other. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Here in Atlanta's inner city, I realize that it is not by chance I've crossed paths again at this moment with a man who is at the center of my story, the link between the way I used to be and the way I am now. It is not by chance. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous in a world of Alcoholics Anonymous where there is so much anonymity, it often does so much good. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Having an event happen that I did not expect, that I did not plan, through which grace comes to me, through which something happens by surprise, why I'm reminded I am in a world where I'm watched over and cared for. That's God's way. So that's the saying for today. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Now I'll tell you, I almost didn't use this one because sometimes the idea of coincidence can be used by spiritual people in ways that are contrived or hokey or artificial. Um, uh, folks in the realm of mathematics will talk about the law of large numbers. That, uh, let's say, if a million people go to bat against a great pitcher like Clayton Kershaw, one in a million will get a hit just by... Uh, random activity. Now, if I'm that one person and I'm the one that gets a hit, I might think this had to be a miracle. I have to be somebody really special. It was not a miracle in that sense. That's just the law of large numbers and the law of large numbers holds sway in our world. But, 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 but there is another perspective from which it's very important that we look at our world and our life. There's a great physicist, John Pokinghorn, and he became an Anglican priest. He believes deeply in science and believes deeply in faith and God. And he says there's two different kinds of explanations for things. If there's a kettle of water boiling on the stove and you ask why, I might say, well, because there's a fire underneath that and that adds energy and the molecules move fast and they shift from liquid state to steam and it whistles. I might give an answer like that. Or I might say it's because I want a cup of tea. In one case, I'm naming causes, but in another case, I'm giving a reason I'm explaining the intent of my heart because we don't just live in a world of forces and energy and particles. We live in a world of persons and reasons and will. Now you can ask, why is there a world? And one kind of answer, which I think is deeply true, is that because 14 billion years ago or so, a little singularity, a single point exploded into something and the anthropic principle meant that our universe is fine-tuned for life. You can give that kind of answer, and that's true. And another answer is, it is because God wanted somebody to love. And this is a notion of providence now. See that uh, in everything that happens, in the movement of atoms and the way that a cup of tea gets made, it's not just blind cause, it's not just blind chance. There is a God, there is a person, and his 
His knowledge is so vast. He effortlessly holds in his mind every single event that's going on in this world. And so he has no problem dealing with every person who has ever lived, you and me and everybody else, in ways that can both be used in other people's lives, but where we are a means to an end in ourselves and our journey with God. God is that immense. So today... You be on the lookout for God. Coincidence, having events that come into your life by surprise that you were not expecting is God's way of remaining anonymous. But how often do we not see him? So today, look for him. There's a story in the book of 2 Kings. Uh, Elisha and his servant were in a place of great danger. And Elisha prays, God, would you open the eyes of my servant? And his eyes are open. And for a moment that he sees the hills are surrounded by horses and chariots of fire. If you ever heard that expression, that's where it comes from. There are chariots of fire. God's care, God's providence is all around us. Maybe it will come today in the kind word of a friend. I was feeling a bit alone this morning, and right at that moment, my friend Chuck called me, and he said, John, I was just listening to your talk about how we should be observing, 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 and I think the next step is we should go from observing to pointing the finger at people and blaming them. Only Chuck would do that, and it just made me laugh. Now, I needed to laugh right at that moment, and then it came. And that's one of the ways that God expresses his care. Maybe it will be an idea that comes at just the right time. Maybe it will be a song that resonates real deeply in you. Maybe it will be a scripture verse or uh, a thought that is uh, just what you need in that moment. Maybe it will be the beauty of nature. When my dad died, the people that were going to take care of the body said, you guys, are, your family's going to want to be out of that room uh, when we put his body in a bag and leave it. But I didn't want to. I wanted to be with him, and I was that whole time. And then we brought it out and put it into the vehicle where it got carried away. And I just waved goodbye to my dad. We'd been talking earlier that day about how my dad loved uh, monarch butterflies. And in that moment, as I was watching that vehicle go away, there was a monarch butterfly that went past. Now, again, I understand at one level, there is the large of law numbers. You stand any place long enough and a monarch butterfly is going to go past. But see, there is a God who counts the hairs on your head and and a swallow can't, uh, a sparrow can't leave the nest. A butterfly can't leave a tree without that God knowing. And so I can share that moment with God. I can think you are the God of my father and the God of the butterfly and you love me. Maybe it will come in the thought to help other people. Maybe it will come when you think about sometime when you were really, really, really low and a person from that moment in your life is there. The prayer for today is, God, open my eyes, help me to see, help me to connect the dots, help me to be ready. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. So look for him today. I'll see you tomorrow.